Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Threat Talk. I'm your host, Bob Hansman, and today we're going to continue a discussion that we had in our last episode about a recent Forrester Research Report entitled 2020 Visibility Clarifies Network Security. And it focuses on a blind spot that a lot of organizations today have because our networks are supporting a lot more devices than they are users. But this is a problem for both the security team and the networking team. So we have with us our resident networking guru, Bob Rose, a principal PMM at the InfoBlox to uh, help us get into some of this. Uh, thanks for being back with us again, Bob. Hey, Bob, thanks so much. Again, it's great to be back to talk about this um, Forrester Research uh, primary study that, that was done and um, focusing specifically on how network visibility um, and integration can improve security. Now, we talked a lot about some of the scenarios in our previous episode that uh, where this network data can help both in just having your tools automatically be able to block more things because they have more context and you can more confidently say, yeah, this is when you have to have a policy to block. But the real challenge is historically, the network team and the security team have not always been the best of friends. Um, so what did the report have to say about them getting along? Did Forrester uncover any softening of these attitudes between the groups? Yeah, you know, that's that was one of the key focal points of this uh, Forrester report. Interestingly, the study really assessed IT decision maker insights globally. We Again, we looked at 423 um, uh, different uh, respondents, specifically on networking and security relationships. And one of the key questions that was asked was, okay, if you're looking three years ago versus today, in terms of two characteristics, one day-to-day -day operations, and the other is collaboration when buying IT solutions, it was really interesting to see what they said. Um, you know, while steps have, have been made to improve integrations within IT groups, further, further pro progress is really, really important. Um, and according to those decision makers surveyed, security and networking teams are nearly twice as likely to say that they're fully integrated for day-to-day -day operations and when buying solutions um, then compared with three years ago. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, in, in fact, um, however, there's still room to grow. And um, I think one, one of the interesting statistics that are brought out in this report is that almost 80% found an integrated solution that benefits both networking and security would be appealing or very appealing. So solutions that improve visibility are really in high demand. Um, that being said, about three quarters still recognize that there's a struggle with siloed teams. So it's kind of like they're saying, yeah, we're doing better, but we still have a struggle. And I think um, if continued improvements in integration aren't made, organizations really won't have the cross-functional team visibility that they need to protect their organizations, especially against increasingly complex attacks. And we're seeing that all the time. Well, and I also know that, you know, this, from what I was looking at and what I've seen in the field at the higher levels, you know, your, your directors and your VPs, um, they've known about this need to work together a little bit better. Um, but a lot of the trouble comes down when, you know, uh, I tell my security guy, um, yeah, you're going to need that. Um, go talk to this person. 
because I met with you and you had your networking guy and said, yeah, this is the guy who knows all that. I have your security people talk to my security or my networking people talk to your security people. And so the managers try to put them together, but they haven't all learned how to play nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they haven't quite caught the vision the farther down you go because they're dealing with the day-to-day challenges of, yes, um, I see that you're telling me to do it this way, but if I do that way, then it's harder for me. And, and neither side is really willing to take on a little extra burden to make the other side's job that much easier if they don't have to. Uh, would that be kind of what you're seeing as well? I, I think so. I think that's what's coming through with this report too, um, from the standpoint that look, a key to improving integration and collaboration among networking security teams really involves a changing mindset. It's almost like what's good for the organization, and that's difficult because people have history, you know, and historically there have been silos. Historically, there have been segments. Historically, there's been the way that we've always kind of done things. Um, But again, if we focus on kind of the bigger organizational impact um, and the fact that we're under attack all the time, it's really important to improve device discovery, um, issue detection, visibility and performance. Um, And in fact, it was interesting. One of the statistics, Bob, that came out of this Forrester report was 61% of the IT decision makers are actually investing in discovery. Now, that's kind of interesting because, you know, discovery involves a lot of the core um, DDI type data that we've been talking about. And if you can find solutions that benefit both networking and security, it helps to reduce costs. In fact, about 81% of the people that were surveyed believe that network visibility actually raises security capabilities and response. So there's some incentive there for networking teams um, and security teams to be working together. Well, and I see two benefits to this. Number one is that, you know, we're definitely at a point globally where People are worried about recessions and companies are, are cutting back. I've been reading a lot of reports about, um, they keep calling them big tech companies, but it's pretty much any company that runs with a computer at the front desk because some of these are retail chains and so forth. But because of the economy, they're cutting back and they're trying to figure out how to get more out of what they've got. And this sounds like a great way that number one, not only getting more out of it, but it sounds like a single investment can can provide value to both departments, both security and networking. That's gotta that's gotta be a plus, you know, for for them from a management and financial standpoint. And on top of that, um, what you and I were talking about, not just in this this previous episode, but you know, when we talked about six seven months ago, we were talking about how it can be all automated, so that they only have to put up with each other, even if the feelings are there, long enough to get it installed agree on the APIs and the data sharing and how they do it. And then after that, it's all automatic. The security team just automatically gets the data they need. The networking team doesn't have, they don't get email responses. They don't get service tickets from security saying, hey, I need access to this file because it can all be set up in advance and be automated so that they get the money savings, the personnel, you know, will make a little progress, but it's not going to be you know, it's not going to be a people heavy process, which I think you mentioned in the previous episode that uh, you can't keep throwing people at problems. We've got to simplify this. So, but I'm mentioning the integration of tools. 
Um, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing, isn't it? Well, absolutely. Um, it's interesting that one of the respondents that um, were interviewed in this Forrester report was a senior IT infrastructure and cybersecurity director at a major league sports franchise. And one of the things that he said is, hey, look, cybersecurity is a daily, almost an hourly challenge. And, and you know, that's a, that is, it seems so obvious, but it, it, it comes down to the integration of teams and tools and processes and workflows are really so essential for visibility. And the decision makers have to have clear visibility into what's on the network, not only in terms of protecting the data, but also, you know, um, depending on which vertical it is, um, to meet um, regulatory requirements. And uh, one of the other things that came up in this report, Bob, that was very interesting is that digital initiatives can actually create barriers to networking and security integration, um, especially in the area of high technology costs. Um, of those decision makers that were interviewed, 51% um, surveyed recognized that high costs are one of the top challenges. And um, uh, this same IT infrastructure security director for this major league sports franchise um, actually had a more forward-thinking approach to it. And they began hiring people that had uh, requisite skill sets kind of on both sides of the fence. And so he said, look, the people we hired are basically masters of um, pretty much everything that we need and they've proven themselves. So we don't really have a distinction between the network and the security um, uh, focus. It's really the same people working on all of it. And I think that that's a really interesting perspective. It's very progressive and, and um, something I think, you know, could be helpful. Well, definitely. I know Gartner, the, the concept of SASE has evolved quite a bit since they first introduced it almost two years ago here. That, uh, um, But the original precept was security in order to progress needs to get along with networking, that it requires both disciplines um, and that they need to coordinate better. And that's what SASE originally was defined as tools and systems to improve integration. Um, and as the report points out, the problem is that if you're siloed, that's one thing, but then you try to automate as we talked earlier, but the tools themselves don't really, they integrate enough, they can check the box, but that's all they can do. I mean, there's so many security tools out there. So oh, yeah, we can integrate with your SIM um, and we can integrate with your, uh, you know, your, your trouble ticket system. And that's it. That's all they do. Um, but I think in the last episode, you gave examples of where there are tools out there that when they see something, if they know enough to block it, okay, block it, but maybe they don't know enough. Instead, how about if they triggered something like a vulnerability scan or some other tool? The the concept of APIs, which right now there's a whole nother thing on API security, but APIs are really, I think, the solution that people need to start looking at. Um, all of your vendors they're going to have partners and they're going to do a certain level of integration with them. But the, the skill sets like uh, this guy at the major league sports company uh, organization, they were talking about, you know, they've got these Jack of all trades and these are the guys who, and, and gals that know how to write scripts and get things connected and automate things. 
um, because I, I've met a lot of that breed. Um, I find that people that are overly specialized, that's all they want to care about. They don't really want to have to get into the big picture because, you know, sometimes they're having to deal with politics or something. But the ones who love to know it all, connect it all, they are creative. And it sounds like the report's saying we need to do that. And that's where that's where the report really helps out. And as we promised people, the report talks about some of the things that we need to be looking at for 2023. So here we are at the end of 2022. Um, both sides are starting to see the benefits, as, as you mentioned, the, the survey polls out. Um, but, you know, I've seen a lot of surveys where everyone seems to agree that they should all do X. But when it comes time to spending the money, they actually choose different priorities. Um, everybody says, oh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Are you going to spend money? Well, not me. No. Um, so <laughs> where are these organizations actually planning to spend money? Did you get into that in the survey? Yeah, you know, and it's funny you bring that up because, you know, the thing that comes probably to everybody's mind based on what you just said is, OK, show me the money. Right. Because that's really where the rubber hits the road, the action. Um, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually open up your your checkbook and write a check. And so, um, you know, I think one of the things that this report brings out is that of those surveyed, um, 97 percent, like that's substantial, um, have either already invested or they're planning to invest in new tools in the next one to three years. And so spending money on it is something that means that it's a priority. Um, and, and also the survey report um, brings out the fact that 61% uh, think that their organizations should invest more money in discovery for full, full visibility. And uh, I think that that's interesting. Um, the report touched on a number of of um, investments specifically as you look toward 2023. And they, they this, the study found um, that more are investing in cloud platforms. 73% that were uh, surveyed are investing in cloud. Um, another 64% are investing in software as a service applications. And what was really interesting to me was um, 62% um, we're looking at IoT. We talked about IoT in our last session together. And um, that's interesting, um, especially as you think about that number. 62% seems high. But if you consider the types of folks that were interviewed in this survey, you know, there's a lot of manufacturing, there's a lot of real estate companies and so on. And the, and you touched on it, Bob. It's, it's automation. How do you automate and perhaps APIs, as you just mentioned a moment ago, is um, certainly a way to do that. Not all APIs are created equally, right? And so I think another thing that's really important, this um, report also brings to light that investments are really driven a lot by use cases like security investigations. Um, those surveyed, 60% said security investigations um, you know, motivate their investments. Troubleshooting is another area. 55% um, were investing because of troubleshooting. And then discovery of what's on the network. And again, you know, uh, those numbers, um, you know, really indicate that that visibility is is high. And so, again, 61% um, uh, was a number that uh, this Forrester uh, report brought to light. That was actually exciting for me to see because, a lot of the early investments in, you know, software as a service and cloud solutions, it was all based around 
the fact that, hey, if I want to bring in an appliance or I want to install software on, on a server inside the organization for security, I'm a security guy. And if I want to do any of those things, I now need to go negotiate with my nemesis, the networking team. Mm -hmm. But if I buy it as a cloud service, they don't care. At most, I might have to just warn them that, hey, we're going to have a little more bandwidth because we're going to be sending all of this kind of data out to a secure to a, a cloud service um, for a particular security need that we have. And there wasn't a lot they could do. But now we're at a point where so much of what the, the, the organization depends on, either mission or business critical applications, uh, are becoming more and more cloud. Um, I don't think very many organizations will ever go pure. It'll all be hybrid for, for the vast majority of us. But because of that new reality, and some of this was pushed by pandemic and all that, the whole nature of the network and the applications and the cloud, it's IT's decided that we need to be able to see and understand and be involved with all of it. And that's where security has also been saying, yeah, but if it controls or maintains or sees or anywhere accesses anything of interest to the company, we need to, to see it and control it. Mm -hmm. And so the two organizations, the realm of what they were responsible for has exploded as well. Um, cloud used to be a way to get around IT, but now IT is getting involved. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, so that's kind of the high, the, the macro level changes. What does the report actually say about what's driving these kinds of investments? Yeah, and, and that's another key thing and, and why I think um, uh, our audience ought to take a look at this report. Get a, a, a copy of it for yourself because it's really interesting. 58% said investment is addressing lack of automation. And, you know, you think about that and it's like, depending on which organization, which vertical, um, you would think automation is just a no brainer. But, but you know, looking at that, um, that is a, a key driving factor of investment. 54% um, say spending to eliminate siloed tools and technologies. And, and I think it's what you were talking about earlier and how they're starting to kind of see the light. The networking teams are starting to see the light together with the security teams. And, and how do we eliminate those silos? Um, about half, 50% say investment is targeted toward lack of skilled workers. And, and I think that that's interesting, um, bringing those skill sets up and finding the right people that you need. And, and again, we referenced this um sports franchise that said, hey, look, we're out trying to find people that can kind of do both things. And that was really important. And then, of course, another key visibility uh, 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 investment is, um, you know, look, I, I can't see enough. I can't see enough on my network. Um, nearly 47% uh, said, look, we've got to invest to raise our level of visibility because it's just not there. Yeah, that's, again, almost half. And I do want to point out that the way they talk about automation in the report, we're not just talking about SOARs. You know, a lot of people, when they hear that word automation, they think, so I got to buy a SOAR is what you're telling me. No. Today, so many of your, of your applications, they have APIs available. Some of them actually have uh, massive capabilities for uh, and, and guides on how to integrate them with different kinds of tools. Some of them are fairly limited. Some are very open, um, but you don't need a SOAR for all of this. So depending on your organization, um, you may or may not need a SOAR. And depending on the app, because you wouldn't use the SOAR for every kind of integration. 
Some integrations are pretty straightforward. But when we talk about how broad this could go, you know, the, what are we going to integrate first? You know, what are we, uh, uh, where do we need to, um, you know, eliminate which silos are the first ones we want to get rid of that kind of thing. What are the areas that the networking and security people agreed on? This was something I really liked. There was a great chart on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, over 80%, 81% thought that better visibility um, improves security and response capability. So if, if you're investing in visibility, you know, that has tangible benefits directly to your security and your security response. And that's substantial. Like both t- both sides, if you, if you look at it from that perspective, are saying that. Um, 77% said, look, um, we would invest significantly in solutions that benefit both networking and security teams. And I think that's um, one thing that gets back to the whole barrier around cost. If we can invest in something that lowers our cost, but benefits both teams, that that makes sense. Um, an, another key statistic was 77% said a modernized infrastructure can help drive costs down because it supports that keyword again, security automation. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's substantial. When you're getting up around 80% of both teams agreeing, um, those those key areas, visibility for security um, response, um, you know, investing the benefits both teams and modernizing your, your platform so that you can drive costs down through automation, those are key things. I think another thing, Bob, that came up in this report that was really interesting was the focus on IPAM data. You know, you and I have talked about IPAM data, right, quite a bit in the past. And um, 74% said IPAM data helps them identify threats. Um, about 58% said that it helps pinpoint device location. 54% said it improves visibility into operating systems from firmware and other device data. But interestingly, and you and I both know this, IPAM data can do all of those things. So it seems like there's an opportunity perhaps for some growth in awareness and how IPAM data, that rich IPAM data can actually be used for security. Oh, yeah, particularly for things like just identifying vulnerabilities. I mean, you know, there's always like the vulnerability of the day coming up. And it used to be we had like weekly updates from different platforms saying, hey, here's a patch for our current vulnerabilities. I can't remember how long it's been since I got one that says, here's a bunch of vulnerabilities. None of them are really being used in the wild, but, you know, you might want to get this. It's like now they're always coming out saying, hey, here's a patch. It covers uh, 42 different vulnerabilities. Six of these are being exploited right now as we speak. So you better get on it quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all of this is in IPAM. Uh, you're right. IPAM is the repository. Um, I, I'm oversimplifying its function, but from security, that is, it's almost like the IPAM is the bridge between the network and the security for an awful lot of what you need to do. Um, events and things like that. There's still some more integration at the DNS, DHCP level, but IPAM, uh, boy, for an analyst, just being able to have the networking team gathering the right kind of data, because you know if the data is not going in, you're not going to be able to get it out. Um, yeah, IPAM is very overlooked. Um, but I'm looking at our 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 uh, time here, and unfortunately, we are running late again surprise that i mean how much that but you've already made the pitch and i want to remind everybody i also agree get this report there are so many charts and graphs with long explanations including recommendations for each of these sections it's fairly heavily on 
digital uh, investments, um, visibility and tech tools. I know you had one stat showing that uh, uh, 81% believe that visibility would improve their security response. But there was another stat in there that 97% said they are investing in new visibility tools. Um, and so there's visibility is a big thing. I think uh, Forrester named this report appropriately. But real quick, since we're down, uh, getting down to the wire, uh, can you summarize some of the key types of advice that the uh, report is offering? You know, any tips that come out of it? Yeah, you know, um, and, and we could probably dive into this one for quite a while, but but just to summarize quickly, the report really made four key recommendations. One is build zero trust with an identity-centric approach. And, and that meant looking at your policies and your controls, um, setting up micro-perimeters to connect uh, yet protect data and people on devices and workloads and networks. That's really important. Um, another one that they brought up was standardize and minimize to reduce the infrastructure and the operational complexity. As we've mentioned on this call, uh, you know, on this on this podcast and also um, on other ones, you know, things are so complex out there. There's so many different options. What if you could standardize and minimize? and reduce some of that and and that's important there were also a couple of other ones that i think are are worthy of of digging into one was educate before buying and and that's interesting um we should talk about that one in just a moment and then also ensure that your cross-functional teams are leveraging the same visibility data um, and I think it's important to, to consider these last two, educate before buying and make sure that you're looking at the same data. Um, a lot of tech team members don't really know the full compa uh, capacity and capability of their existing tools. And new tech oftentimes, as we know, Bob, is, is added to solve certain challenges that may already exist. And the key is let's get our folks trained on current solutions so that they know how to utilize those features and functionalities um, before you have to go out and, and buy something new. I mean, that just, it seems like common sense. Get your folks educated. Um, another one is ensuring that the cross-functional teams are leveraging the same visibility. And so using common tools to reduce errors from visibility deficiencies is really important. Um, aligning those teams to the same goals with measured metrics, um, that's important. And also building an agile, adaptive environment for business and tech changes that both benefit the networking teams and the security teams. I think those are some really good um, suggestions, recommendations that are coming out of Forrester. Well, yeah, I particularly like where they start out with zero trust. They talk about identity centric and then they clarify it is not multi-factor authentication only. It's not knowing who the users are. When they say identity-centric, they didn't say user identity-centric. They said, know what devices are on there, what workloads are on there. Um, you know, Do you even know what data you've stored and where it's at? Um, zero trust begins with knowing who's connecting and what they're connecting to um, and, that, and what they're using to connect. So it's all of that together. So I, I think that's great. And that also goes into the educate before buying, because I think a lot of people, um, they're trying to buy problem uh, buy solutions at the moment they have a problem. Hey, that's how the bad guys get in the first place. They make you panic. You're not thinking right. So you click on the link. And yet that seems to be the way we buy security. Oh, crap. We had a big breach. Now there's this big panic. We need to figure out how to prevent that from happening. 
well, so-and-so company, they seem to have a solution. Well, let's buy it and get it installed. Um, you know, the knee-jerk reaction. Unfortunately, that's the, the, the joke in security because, and it's funny because it's true. Um, when do people buy security solutions? Right after they've had a breach. Mm -hmm. um, we need to stop that, get educated beforehand, have a plan in place. I think it was really great. I talked to a couple of companies when the pandemic hit and they said that they had almost no problem responding because they had been planning on doing this. They had a three, four, five year plan for shifting to remote work more. They were already planning on that. Pandemic hit, they just brought out the plan, just fund it. They just showed it to the boss and said, all you need to do is fund it. Um, so yeah, no, this is, uh, I, I really like the report. It goes into a lot more detail than uh, we have here. But then of course, we didn't come online to read the report to everybody. We right. just came to give them a tip. Um, and unfortunately, we are uh, almost out of time. Do you uh, do you have like a maybe case study you want to summarize? Somebody who did this and, and saw the benefits? Yeah, interestingly, um, there was actually a, a global meteorological, I can't even say it, a weather service, let's put it that way. There was a global <laughs> weather service and they had over 500 employees. And um, this is one that's serving um, really the entire planet uh, in one and a half billion people. And uh, they needed to deliver um, greater visibility and scalability and security against malware and ransomware. And they have all of these partners and, and affiliates that want to carry their um, their weather data across mobile apps. And they were coming to them and saying, hey, what are you guys doing to help us, you know, um, you know, avoid um, attacks because of things that are associated with your service? And the idea of, OK, we know that these security threats are going to happen and their heightened demands for security protection that was happening everywhere. So they actually came in um, and uh, raised the whole um, insight into this DDI metadata that we've been talking about. They focused on ecosystem solutions to protect their partners and their affiliates and the end users from malware and secure, cybersecurity attacks. And so it was a case where the networking team and the security team kind of came together and say, okay, yeah, we see the value of this and we need to work together as an organization to solve that problem. And by doing so, they were better off because they could detect faster and they could also assure their affiliates and their partners that they were doing something about it. And that was really, really helpful for strengthening and intensifying their system-wide visibility and security. Yeah, and I like that that example because we're it also involves a lot of third party vendors, partners that I mean it wasn't just one way they're sending back statistics. When you're going to send uh, somebody a lot of your data, you're gathering something back in return. So uh, you know that's how these apps and things work. So it was a two way street that they were also making it so that they could continue their model of working with partners and yet making it uh, safer for everybody. So I, I really like that. But unfortunately, Bob, as you and I always do, we run out of time. So um, I got to thank you for your time. And i um, sure we're going to have to have you back to uh, maybe go into some more of this uh, uh, at another time. So thanks again, Bob. Hey, thank you. And uh, just a reminder for everyone listening, uh, download your copy of the Forrester Report. Um, this is the 2020 uh, Visibility Clarifies Network Security. It's a great report get your copy and uh, Bob again thanks for inviting me back it's always a pleasure 
And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for your time as well. Join us again as we continue our efforts to help you stay on top of cybersecurity and ahead of cyber risks on Threat Talk.